You know, when you look throughout the Bible, you see something very interesting in the history of Israel. There were several times where God had them stop and reflect back and celebrate and dance and sing and look forward with anticipation to what's coming. You see that as they're standing on the banks of the Jordan just before they enter the promised land, for instance. And that's when Moses read the law to them again. And there's all this excitement and anticipation because they've been wandering for 40 years and the time has come. They're ready to do it. So all the festivals do that sort of thing. They, pa- they have the, the nation pause and just remember what God has done. And so just like we did last year, we're going to take some time and we're going to re- do those things. We're going to reflect back on where God was present this year. We're also going to later on in the service reflect on where we're going and what's coming in the future in our lives and where do we see God at work. So this is a little different service, um, a celebration service at what God has done. You know, when you, uh, uh, I think I'd like to open it by reading a psalm, but first let me say something about the psalms. I have, uh, as most of you know, my area is New Testament, and so I love to do more reading in the old because I haven't done as much. And there's a growing number of scholars that look at the psalms very differently than I've ever looked at them, that they were put together in a particular order to help us navigate who this Jesus person is. So you start with Psalm 1. You know the basic psalm, uh, how blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, sit in the seat of scoffers, their, uh, their delight is in the law of the Lord. So the very first place it begins in Psalm 1 is to remind us to enjoy the Lord's presence and to enjoy His Word. Then as you begin to move through the Psalms, what happens is you begin to learn more and more about this coming Messiah. And along with that information, we get to know Him more. So the New Testament authors began to pick some of those Psalms to talk about. By the time you get to the end of the Psalms, we are jumping up and down and praising God with celebration because we're so excited that God remembered us and sent his son by the time you get to the end of it. So today represents uh, in a closing of a year and the beginning to dream for another year. What God's doing and where is he coming? So in light of that, I have one announcement related to that. We have, uh, we're getting into the habit of every quarter putting our new activities up on our website. So if you're going to be around for one week or, you know, uh, 10 years, and over the next three weeks, go take a look at the website as we add things to it. We have our education classes. For instance, uh, as an example, we'll be finishing Hebrews for those of you that are in the Hebrews class. And if you want to join it, you can. So you'll find things like that on the website starting to appear over the next three weeks. This is what we're envisioning doing this next quarter and trying to find ways for you to connect with us, small groups, ministries, education, things of that nature. So I want to read to you the very last psalm to prepare the way for us. It's very short. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a great way to start? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) You can add energy. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. 
Let everything that has, bre has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's if you brought any of those instruments with you, except cymbals, you're welcome up <laughs> on here to, to be a part of it. What's wrong with cymbals? Yeah, there's just a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, uh, it's an overpraise, maybe. <laughs> a little <Yeah>. overpraise. <laughs> so, uh, Nick, come on up. And Tom, we have a couple of mics. Here's what we'd like to start with. I, we would like to hear from you in what ways, and uh, they're going to take a mic to you. Don't be afraid of the mic because we want everyone to hear it. Don't hold it down here. When they hand it to you, hold it up here. Trust me, the sound guy will make sure you don't blow us out. And we want to know, in what ways have you seen God at work over this past year? It could be in the form of, of a blessing. It could be in the form of a particularly challenging time, something that you've gone through that was very difficult. We just want to hear about where the Lord has been present in our congregation. So, Jim, at VBS, we call these God sightings. Oh, I like that. Yeah, where you, because uh, huh. part of an interesting uh, kind of our engagement as Christians, it's not like we experience a completely different world from everyone else, right? The difference is we've got the vision. He who has eyes to see to see God at work in that. So that's what we're looking for. God sightings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Where have you seen God in your life this year? You don't have to be from this congregation either. I notice, recognize some of you are from other congregations, from other places. Tell us what's going on in your world. Okay, that's a good start. This is just like uh, Wednesday mornings. Who's got the courage? Who wants to be second? Right there, right there, right there. Yes, brilliant. Can I stand? We've been praying for our daughter to find, it, to find a young man, and we, she found one who puts God first. And that was our prayer, is that somebody would put God first. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. I just want to praise God for how he has provided for me and my family this year and how he's used Dillon Community Church to love on us. How many of you can thank God for his provision this year? Yeah, mm -hmm. amen. amen. Tom, come on up here so you can. Kids too, by the way. We want to hear from the kids. Looks like Bruce Butler's in. Nope, he's counting. Oh, somebody has missed it. Okay, so um, I've just, so um, I've been teased a lot at school, and um, God helped me get over that, and one girl who teased me a lot is now a really good friend. Ah. Praise the Lord. Tom, in the back. Wendy Joy. Wendy Joy. This may sound weird, but um, I saw God at work all summer long on wildland fires, keeping the firefighters safe, mm. even though um, people were losing their homes. And in the middle of a fire, we had a flood in our camp, and it wiped out a couple of trucks, but nobody was hurt. So mm. that's really God at work. 
all the people in the back row. That's good. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, my husband finished his degree a couple of years ago, the same month that we had our daughter, and um, he couldn't find a job for a couple of years, and he found a job end of October in Breckenridge, and we are so incredibly thankful. It was a rough couple of years, and we're just so thankful to be here. God's been really good to us this year. Amen. I just want to thank God for our new grandbaby that was born in June and the whole birth going well. And also our son, Tyler, and his wife, Alyssa, are due in March. So I praise God for grandbabies because they bring you joy and lots of smiles. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Anybody else have new grandchildren in here? Mm -hmm. How about All that? All right, yeah. So is that fly smiles or is the fly miles that's involved with that? I don't know. There's a lot of <laughs> going around it. Both. It's a both. I guess I'm uh, thankful that uh, what I have seen in uh, God's work in my son's life, he just had a um, new, I, I, my new grandson, uh, year before last. And uh, one thing I'd like to ask is Jim or Mark to tell us what you see where God has been at work in the church here. That's Ooh, great. Good invitation, great Pete. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I'll jump right on. Um, we have, we noticed early that there was a desire and a need to develop the leadership of the church for the future. Um, you know, you could either stand around and wait for people to show up and say, I'm willing to be a leader, or you can intentionally find people, identify capacity, and then move in and develop that. And we decided to use plan B <laughs> because we believe that that's far more effective and far more culture building with, an, you know, an intentional design to it. And... Uh, this year, we spent a lot of time finding people and uh, identifying leadership capacity and then going to them, uh, having different individual conversations. But then also, we had a, an elder training, sort of, uh, discussion gathering. It was a retreat back in November. It was a phenomenal time. It may be the most uh, forward-looking event I've been a part of as far as in all the years here at Dillon Community Church in developing ideas and also developing some concepts of leadership. And we're at the place now where, honestly, I kind of see us as having two pillars we're building as kind of foundational pieces as a church. One of those is to be intergenerational in what we do. We, the church has tended to be a lot uh, kind of silo, isolation oriented, where if you're this age or this gender, you have things for you based on your age and gender developmental stage. And uh, we haven't done a lot to kind of interweave those together and let those different uh, ages and genders cross-pollinate a little bit more and uh, encourage each other in the process of community. So we have definitely taken steps in that direction. And the second thing is training to think theologically. We could just hand you the Bible and like tell you Bible verses and say, there you go, hope you figure it out. 
we really believe that that's not very effective and especially not in a postmodern world with the reality of the thinking and, and the culture change. And so we've been very actively about the business of engaging people to think theologically, which takes the Bible, takes the context that it was in, understands what's there, then brings it forward into modern context with modern issues, engages in community with the Holy Spirit to learn how to make decisions with those things about issues that the Bible doesn't necessarily mention. That's why I'm going to put in Sorry. a commercial. Plug. Go, here's commercial. your commercial plug. <laughs> yeah, well, you're next, so um, yeah, yeah. I just see that as very exciting that we really have two foundational yeah. motions forward, and we've been developing leadership along that line. Think about something as simple as there are many places in the Bible that don't tell us how to get from 2,000 years ago to today. For instance, I get, I, I suspect if I were to, or Mark were to take you through 1 Corinthians 11, we could all agree that that passage teaches with a command that women should wear some type of head covering. But where we would disagree is whether we should apply that today. Or maybe we wouldn't disagree. Maybe we should just all say no. Well, how do we get from that to, the, to today's world? So coming up in the second half of the winter, I'm actually going to teach a class on this very question. We've been working on it for, we've been working on it for a year. And so we're going to, for those of you that are interested, teach a class. You'll find that on our website coming up here in the next two or three weeks. And the elder retreat, Lovely. just to give you an example, we had 22 guys go on this retreat. We had our currently sitting elders, and we had several of the uh, elders who had been elders in the past. And then we had about seven or eight prospective elders that were interested that came with us. And I think that's the first time, at least in a long time, that we've done that. And it was, a, Mark said, a very invigorating conversation to have all the, the, new, uh, the new people that are thinking about what it might be like to, to become an elder one day. We invited them. I'd like to add one more thing is that I'm, I am impressed and a little nervous and frightened and scared and intimidated with all of the new younger people that God is bringing us. Um, I try to have coffee with every new person that identifies themselves. And you've, if you haven't heard from me, somehow you fell through the cracks. So shoot me an email, turn in a card in the bulletin or whatever, and let us know that you're new. And I try to have coffee. And three weeks ago, I had 12 coffees in one week. And they were all younger than Mark. So, Which is not <laughs> hard to accomplish. <laughs> so I just, I just see God at work here. And I, I think the whole staff and the elders are praising him for that. You want to sing some more? Sure. We sure could. Or Let's does anybody, anybody dying to say anything right now? Oh, right there. Miss Kaylin. We're going to sing the stand, Wendy. Um, I've seen God in me today or a few days ago because um, I was pretty sick and he kind of healed me really fast. So. Ah. Yeah. Amen. So we're going to see. Well, of course you can share something. <laughs> I just think it's kind of ironic that we're talking about this today because for me yesterday, I was thinking about the blessings that have happened in our family's life. Um, I'm a huge family person, and I love just having my boys around me. And this year, we experienced a big loss when my husband um, lost his job. And um, what occurred to me yesterday is the biggest blessing that came to us came in the form of um, what we all consider a loss. 
And um, I'll never forget that day. Rick came home, and he looked at me, and he goes, there will be no tears. This is God kicking me in the butt because I've wanted to do something different. And lo and behold, within a couple of months, he went to work for a company that he had long ago said I would love to work for. Um, but probably the biggest blessing is the way God worked. Um, I hope that the bo my boys got to see the grace that my husband handled that with and how we as a family handled it. And one time we went through a period in our life where we were really struggling financially and we always had plenty of money. And somebody said, well, it's like God giving you manna. You have just enough to get by. You never have to worry. And that's what happened to us this summer. We never struggled. Um, God was always right there with whatever we needed to pay the monthly bills, even though we had lost our main source of income. So it was just a real blessing for us, and, and it just occurred to me last year that the biggest blessing came through what we thought was a huge loss. How many of you have been in that place? Yeah, you've been there where you've had to go through a period of time where the Lord put you in a position where you didn't have any choice but to trust him, right? How many of you have been there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bunch of you. Excellent. Let's sing. So what can I say? What can I do?
So for the next section, we were thinking, you know, I remember as a uh, younger man that uh, I wished someone with some experience a little more advanced than mine would share with me some of their experience in their faith. Maybe it was struggles, so I would know, hey, I have the same kind of struggle as that. Or maybe it was victories where they really saw that God was alive and well. Now, the interesting thing is if you're 20... Uh, 15-year-olds want to hear that from you. If you're 15, 10-year-olds want to hear that from you. So there's it, no age restriction. There's no, there's age? no age restriction is what's yeah. fascinating. That's the way this thing works. So what we thought we might try to focus this section in on is uh, what has what is something that you wish somebody would have told you when you were younger in your faith journey? What is what is something that you could share now that you wish somebody would have told you when you were younger? And you may not have even known you needed to hear it when you were younger. You know, I, I've always struggled with trying to find out how do I know what the Lord's will is in my life? Yeah. And through, you know, I'm quite a bit older now than when I first had that thought. But I can't help but marvel at what the Lord does and how he makes his will known. He opens doors and closes doors mm. and lets me know which path to go in. About a couple of weeks ago, I was in Florida taking care of some elderly parents. <clears throat> and uh, my wife, she put some pictures on the cell phone. She says, uh, here's a house I want to buy. Do you like these? Uh, do you like these pictures? I said, yeah, yeah, it's nice. She says, well, I want to tell you something. I put in a, a bid and they accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> so I go. said, uh, great, there's only one problem. We don't have any down payment money. She says, uh, don't worry, it'll come. I said, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I'm figuring how irresponsible that, that is. So, John, is your advice never get married? Is that what <laughs> <laughs> That's one solution. <laughs> so last week in my wife's business, she got the largest order that she ever had in her whole life. Huh. And it was the amount that was needed for us yeah. to put that down payment in. Mm -hmm. yeah. So at the last minute, I mean, you call that coincidence, but I call that the Lord's hand. So there's a sense of confidence that comes with serving the Lord. If the Lord leads you to do something, you can have more confidence. Hmm. I think Ron wants to share one. The question regarding at what age or an early time in my life when I wish someone had come up to me and said, um, take this Bible and actually get into some sort of a class where you can understand the meaning of Proverbs, for example, or Psalms, which I never was exposed to in catechism class as a growing up as a young Catholic who was baptized and went to First Holy Communion and was confirmation, none of that really impacted my spiritual life whatsoever. Mm. And um, had someone just said, and, and had I been listening, he said someone, did, somebody said someone had shown me, um, you know, had grabbed my attention long enough to say, if you actually understood a small portion of this book, 
it would actually shape your character in a way that would be have a positive impact on the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, being new to Christ, I'm 62 years old. I only come to know the Lord in uh, 2010, so four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike m- probably most of you, you grew up knowing who God was or what Christ did on the cross. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So I mean that, to me, was... Again, it's a matter of getting my attention. I mean, uh, th- they got my attention in other ways, but not mostly disciplinary ways, not <laughs> yeah. not not uh, wisdom ways. So. Okay. In trying times in my life, um, one of my favorite Bible passages was and it came to pass. God did not say it came to stay. Things that I wish... Nope, put it back up there. Put it back up there. Put it back up there. There you go. (laughs) One of the things I wish I had learned earlier was the value of corporate prayer. That is, um, instead of keeping things to myself and praying about them, is to lean on, rely on other people. And this has come home in our family. Um, In 2011, my husband Larry um, came in contact with a squirrely bacteria that has killed every person who's had it that we know of except him because everybody, Jude, got on the... Mm prayer alert line and everybody here prayed. In 2012, we had a grandchild who was not ever supposed to be conceived who was given a 1% chance to be born. Everybody here prayed. And that that child is healthy and happy today and mm. came came to full term, which they said would never ever happen. In 2013, I had a car accident. So many people prayed. And in 2014, this fall, we had another um, illness that all of you prayed about. And every time, God has come through in a big way. And it becomes important for me to see that this church has a gifting. And that gifting is in prayer for healing, especially corporate prayer. So I think we need to recognize and develop that gift. And I need to learn even more the value of corporate prayer, people coming together in prayer. God delights to answer. Okay, time for another commercial. <laughs> Before Glenn. In keeping with our, uh, one of our values is to be a church that's known as a church that prays. Uh, by the way, it's very, very difficult to identify a value and then make it real life. It's very easy to hang it on the wall and see Mm -hmm. these are our values, say that. It's very difficult to make it an organic part of who we are. And uh, in keeping with that whole idea of prayer, we do have a prayer team that prays. uh, And we would invite all of you, even if you're not part of our church, if you want us to pray, to call the office and put it on the prayer team. If you want a confidential, that's no problem. We can do that as well. Our elders, at the beginning of every elder meeting, we stop and spend time praying together for the congregation and the church. And by the way, you're all invited to all of our elder meetings. They're open. I'd encourage you to come and sit in and see what happens. 
Uh, we have a class, I believe, coming up in prayer on the 13th. So look at the website and you'll see it starting to appear. Uh, you'll see that information if you want to learn more about prayer. Uh, the staff, we pray regularly. So uh, on Sunday mornings when we have communion, you'll always see people on either ends and one of us down here in the center to pray with you because we love to. So we are very serious about continuing to work to make that a true value where when you think of DCC, you think there are people, those are people that pray. So I just wanted to give a commercial to that. I think Glenn's got Glenn, something yes. back there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's been a uh, major cornerstone of my faith life has been a men's Bible study. Mm. And uh, my first one was in 1980, back in a little town of Londonderry, New Hampshire. And um, ever since then, we've moved around a lot. Um, never could settle on a church until I could find a men's Bible study to go with. And, uh, you know, most men kind of try and stand as pillars on their own. And this has been a very important part of faith life. Very good. I'm so grateful for all the answered prayers in here. Um, and you guys have prayed hugely for me. Um, but what I want to tell you is that not every time does God answer the way we think. And um, healing doesn't come every single time. But what he's taught me is that he will redeem every single one of those sufferings. And um, when we participate in Christ's suffering, it causes us to grow. Mm. And it causes other people to um, see Christ in us. Because sometimes... When things go along easily, which I always thought they would when, you know, I was faithful to him and stuff. They it doesn't necessarily happen that way. So I guess what I want you to know is, is that, and I wish somebody had said to me, that it's not every time that God will heal you, you know, just because you, mm -hmm. you corporately pray. Mm -hmm. And, or his definition of healing isn't necessarily physical may have to do with more spiritual things. But I'm grateful for this body and the way you guys have supported our family. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lisa's mic here. I think I'd like to share one thing. The, um, who's down there? No, go, Tim. No, no. Ready? Um, on the positive side of that <laughs> issue, you know, instead of wishing somebody would done something for you, it's... Uh, the biggest thing that I've experienced is that the blessing that I get from paying it forward to those people that are out there, that um, the mentoring aspect of the opportunity that you might have for somebody else to help them is huge. Uh, that's the biggest blessing and the biggest effect you could have on somebody else's life is that you see an opportunity and take it to speak into somebody's life and uh, tell them what you have experienced and what you can uh, get speak into their life. It's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, uh, the most amazing thing about the Christian life is that we can pay it forward because we've already been blessed and um, freed to be who we should be. I think uh, something I wish someone had told me was that the way that I live my life, the, the things that I do from day to day actually matter. 
Uh, in the early part of my life, it was defined more in terms of sin. Don't do this, don't do that. And I find myself always trying to navigate through what I'm not supposed to do. And uh, I've reversed my thinking on that, my theology. And I realize that um, it's a joy to live the Christian life. I wish somebody had said, your life matters. The things that you do make a difference for the Lord and for the kingdom. So do it with gusto and enjoy it. And don't worry so much. I've told all my kids, don't get into the trap of counting sins. You know, uh, that's not what's important. Uh, faith is an exercise in risk, not security. So get out and try it. If you're not sure, do it. And, uh, and watch what the Lord does. So I wish somebody had told me that. To our God we lift up one voice, to our God we lift up one song, to our God we lift up one voice, singing hallelujah. To our God we lift up one voice, to our God we lift up one song, to our God we lift up one voice, singing hallelujah.
question for you. Henry Blackaby uh, has argued, some of you have studied his, his studies, has argued that the best way to discern where God is taking you is to look backwards, to look where God is, has already been. So what, what path does he have you on, so to speak? And that helps you to think through the future. So now we want to spend some time to hear from you on what are you trusting God for in 2015 and beyond? Um, what do you desire? What do you hope for? What's an area perhaps that you want to work on personally? I almost always have an area that I'm working on at a personal level. Um, and I read and I talk to people about that area. So we just want to hear from you. Where do you see God taking you? Uh, that's the best way we staff can, and elders can get a glimpse of where God is moving the church. It's not some magical thing where Mark and Tim and us sit in the corner and say, well, here's where God is taking us. Yeah, the Ouija board. <laughs> no, no Christian so where is, Ouija board. Where is God taking you? What are you looking forward to? What are you working on? Oh, princess. I have something. <laughs> um, in the fall, when I was uh, leading a class on world religions, the Lord just would not take prayer off of my heart. My heart was just prayer, prayer, prayer. And um, which is hence leading into a class starting this month on prayer. And um, as I was praying about it in the fall, the Lord took me back to a book that I had read 15 years ago, <laughs> but it was one of the most life-changing books that I had ever read on prayer, and uh, it's called Prayer, Finding the Heart's True Home by Richard Foster, and that's the book we're going to be going through, and um, I just really feel like, Jim, like you, I usually pick one thing to focus on for the year, so I think this year... I'm really going to be focusing on just getting back to those roots of prayer that are just really walking with God on a daily basis and just really being present with the Lord and whatever he's doing. That I just finished this book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and um, it's very much brought me to my knees and to a place where I genuinely can call out to God without any reservation whatsoever now to the point of asking for the presence of the Holy Spirit to not take me over uh, so that I'm not in control of what's going on, but I can sense when I'm in that state of mind where I'm asking, calling out, crying out to God for his intercession in whether it's for a health issue or finance or work or money or whatever. Um, usually it's for the something that is going to pass quickly. Like we, know, we all know that everything seems to be temporary regardless of how bad it seems at the moment. Um, but the power of prayer is first and foremost on my heart today and in the last couple of weeks and in, in, in this upcoming year, that we need prayer warriors. Uh, we need to come together as, um, as a prayer team on a regular basis to pray for our pastors, um, that the word of God comes alive in, in our church. And I just, I just am so thankful for that gift.
So my fiance and I, Maura, uh, Maura's my fiance and I, are both entrepreneurs and we are looking for ways in our business lives to uh, pro proclaim Christ. Hmm. Uh, those opportunities uh, come along sometimes and we just uh, need the courage to, uh, to do that. Mark, I'm gonna take you up on, you may not be a member of the congregation, but uh, my wife, Sharon, uh, daughter here, Emma, she's gonna be embarrassed, and my other daughter skiing this morning, Jessica, have been uh, coming over since the um, amphitheater. And we want you to know how much we appreciate that. And that takes a lot of work. I mean, you can sleep in and ride your bike over and all of a sudden someone's moved all this music equipment and they've done all this work and someone cleans it all up. Same Thanks way for morning, appreciating that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not me alone, but there's a bunch of people. Thank you. And I, I see the behind-the-scenes work. We're out of the Tulsa area. We stay up here in Frisco some. And uh, I know the music ministry especially gets there really early. They have to do a lot of practice. But, I mean, there's people doing things all behind the scenes. They're watching the kids. And we just come as visitors. We're members of another church. And we're like, wow, isn't this great, you know, that they do all this for the community. We see your benevolence ministry. We know what you're about. And I thought, you know, I would have missed a good opportunity if I hadn't said thanks for everything you do. And uh, on the question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get my money's worth out of Mike today. <laughs> you can't take that yeah. home with you. Yeah. Just saying. At our church, they never hand the mic over. You can't no, get that's back. a bad <laughs> idea. Get back. Uh, we're members of the Christian church in Owasso, Oklahoma. So if you're Okies, you know, yay. But um, if someone would have asked me, you know, what could you have told me early on? would have been, don't take yourself so seriously. Take your faith seriously. Uh -huh. But self-deprecating humor goes a long ways. Uh -huh. uh, Christians can be known for what they're against. Uh -huh. It's like, you know, you're okay. God's not done with you yet. He's sure not done with me. I read the book that you had out front, John Stott's The Radical Disciple. Mm -hmm. One of the chapters, they go to a Coptic monk and ask him, what's it like to be a monk? And he says, I don't know, but I've seen one. <laughs> People ask you what it's like to be a Christian. I don't know, but I'm becoming one. It's a becoming. We're never really fully arrived, and we never get there on our own. So it's the people, the people in the community church, the people in your life that put the effort into you, that grow you. And so what am I working on next year? Every year I have a theme. Uh, two years ago, it was to have a teachable spirit. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I want to learn from everybody, everywhere I go. Uh, last year, it was gratitude, so hopefully I'm working on that for the better. But this next year, and this is the toughest one for me, and I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say it, and I said, can't I have another one? Can I have an easier one? Humility. That's what I want to work on. So Humility. You can hold me to that when you Humility. see me. Say, How are you doing with that? So anyway, thank you, Dillon Community Church, for what you do. Tough act to follow, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, perspective would be and, and very very consistent with that my wife and I have uh, been overseas for 21 years and, uh, and and Dylan is our home when people say where are you from we don't say Saudi Arabia we don't say Singapore uh, we don't say Dubai which is where we live today we stay Dylan and I think one of the things that that really has proved to be for us a centering and this is the first time that we've been home at Christmas in over 15 years. It's wonderful to be in this service. I wanna, I wanna thank you for what you've put together here by way of celebration. But I wanna underscore what has just been said. Our touchstone with Dillon Community Church has been in the amphitheater. Um, 
And what I'm recognizing is that that's not Dillon Community Church. Mm. That's really the outreach of Dillon Community Church during the months that you're in the amphitheater and you touch the lives of thousands of people who have the opportunity to come through Summit County and to vacation here and hear the word of God preached Sunday after Sunday. And I want to thank the church for its faithfulness. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the church in my hometown in southern Minnesota, church that, that I consider to be home for a long time, which we supported financially in the years that we were overseas because the membership continued to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. Mm. The church closed its doors mm. um, this summer. And that church had a history of over 100 years. And it was a sad day to get a letter from the pastor indicating that the church uh, was no longer going to continue. And yet, when we come back here and when we walk through these doors, um, this church is alive. And I want to thank all of the people who are part of making this church a lighthouse for the cause of Christ in Summit County. Thank you. My first summer at the amphitheater as senior pastor, a couple of Sundays into it is a whole new venue. I've never seen that before. And, uh, and Mark asks, how many of you from out of town? And I think every hand went up. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. So I went to Mark afterwards and I said, where are our people? <laughs> he said, they're on vacation. <laughs> and I realized that it's a, it's a different church in a resort community we have about 230 members and about 3,500 visitors every year and uh and it's thank you for making that observation uh, we that's true and we love it it's a very reason. unique scenario it's that's very I, unique. I consider us a bipolar church right. <laughs> because we have 12 weeks in the summer and 40 weeks in the building and and they're very different but yeah and so i a, isn't it a gift those it's of us who get to be, isn't it? I see all the heads shaking because it's amazing. So I came out of the classroom to be a pastor. So I asked Mark, well, if our oh. people aren't here, how are we going to serve communion? <laughs> he said, don't worry, it'll happen. <laughs> and it did. It's good. Darren, I think, had something to share. Wow. Way to be observant. Um, we, <laughs> we've, uh, we've been members of uh, Dillon Community for about a year, a little over a year now. Um, God had moved us on from the church that we were at and what we had been doing. Um, one of the biggest things that I've seen about Dillon Community is community. Um, granted, it's in the name Dillon Community Church, but that's what we've seen. Um, before we became members here, we still did everything here, whether it's Taekwondo, whether it's Scouts, whether it's you name it. And I think that makes a huge, massive impression on our community. You know, um, I've seen other churches where, nope, the building's open on Sunday. Other than that, it's closed. Dillon Community is always open, always available, and I've never seen anybody turned away from here. And I think that makes a big difference in, in the community and what they see Dillon Community does. And that's, that's one thing that draw, drew us in, saying, hey, you know, we've already done everything here. You know, we've done, we did scouts, you know, we still do scout, a lot of scouting here. And we said, you know, heck, we're already here. Why don't we just become members a little bit more than that? But, um, but so first off, you know, just the, the ability of, of serving our community. I think our community um, is so into 
searching and to find themselves. And, you know, anything that's in our community that says, hey, you know, come use our building. You know, we're, we're about community. And that's what draw, drew us in. And since we've been with Dillon Community Church, um, this church has, has served our family greatly. And we greatly appreciate that. And um, it, is, it has been a, a great time since we've been here. And, you know, um, the community aspect of Dillon Community shows just amazingly. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. Thank you. Tom and Nick, thank you for uh, taking the mics around. Ah, one more, okay. Okay, um, so uh, a few years ago we lived in Buena Vista and um, on a few days we would go to a place called Awana and every night at Awana we had fun, we um, listened, but we also had to memorize these Bible verses. And every week you got these little tickets for how many Bible verses you memorized. And um, so I come here and Pastor Jim said that I thought, huh, that they were just kind of pushing information in. They were just kind of um, like my, uh, one of our coordinators, Jamie Levi at school says, they were getting, feeding you information and then you had to barf it out. Basically, just like push it back out, memorize it, recite it, memorize it, recite it. Out of the so, mouth. So, um, <laughs> yeah, kind of blah, 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 blah. But you don't do it here. So, um, my goal is to not just know the Bible, but understand the Bible deeper level because um, I think it kind of clicked when a friend said, I believe in um, Jesus, but I also believe in logical thinking. And I'm like, huh? Isn't Jesus logical thinking? So just going deep. That's my goal. A year ago, some of you may remember, she said she wanted to become a theologian. And so uh, this past year, she has honored that. She's been at my classes. She's been reading books. We've had conversations. And uh, it's delightful spending time with her. The, um, hopefully you get a sense that God is at work, and you, hopefully you have a perspective that you wish we could keep going. And I'm going to encourage you to keep going by asking these questions of one another. Get coffee with each other. Grab time. Just ask them, what's going on? What's the Lord doing in your life? Where do you see the Lord taking you? What are you hopeful for? What are you trusting God for this year? What are you frightened of? And uh, the more we ask each other these questions the healthier our congregation will be and the more we know how to pray for each other. So I'm going to encourage you to uh, continue this in doing it. Um, a very interesting thing to think about in Scripture is when <clears throat> in, the, in, the, in the context of the Old and New Testament, the culture was very favored and slanted toward older people. That's where the wisdom resided. That's where the, they had seen God at work. That's good. I think that's absolutely wonderful. But with the gift of uh, spiritual gifts, when the Holy Spirit came and brought that, he brought a new, something new to the equation where the younger people now had something to offer as well. So I'm looking at all of you younger people out there because all of a sudden a young person could have the gift of teaching. 
could have the gift of serving. And so when the Holy Spirit decided to create the church and move, he gave gifts to people to allow all the generations to work together in different ways. Unfortunately or sadly, it looks to me like in our culture, we swung the pendulum completely away from respect for elder people to uh, that many of them don't have a lot of respect. They don't feel that anymore. They don't feel that value and purpose. And what a great thing we have as a church that we can actually, as Mark highlighted, intergenerational ministry, we can come together. And so the young people can serve, the older people can serve, we can pass wisdom down, the young people can ask questions and share. So I just want to encourage you to keep this conversation going. Don't be afraid of how old or young a person might be. Ask them, what is God doing? For your younger people, find an older people and say, an older person and say, what is God doing in your life? Trust me, God, they know God is doing something. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to take an offering, and I'm going to get the ushers to prepare us for that, and uh, we're going to sing some more, and then when we're done singing, we'll come back for communion, and then uh, we'll close our time with that. And uh, again, I just want to say on behalf of the elders and staff, thank you for taking good care of us. And if God puts it on your heart to be generous, then here's a place you could do it. If you want your offering to go to the Benevolence Committee, make sure you identify it. You can put it in these, these baskets that are being passed, or there's several receptacles out there that you can put them there as well. But thank you for taking good care of our church and allowing us to do these things right here. The lyrics to this are, oh, I don't know, 2,500 years old from the Psalms. And the song itself is 30 years old this year. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire.
ask those to, who are serving communion to come up and prepare us and those who are praying and get us ready for communion. The um, <clears throat> communion at Dillon Community Church, I realize we have a lot of visitors here, so give me just a second to explain. We do this every week. And uh, we do it every week because it seems to be the practice early in the church to do it regularly. Every time they came together, they celebrated. It's a way that we as a community can express our love for the Lord and our love for each other. It's a way that we can remember on a weekly basis what the Lord has done. And the stories I know are very familiar to many of you. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. In other words, Christ is saying, I'm willing to sacrifice me for each of you. And we celebrate that with the bread. And so when you come forward, somebody will say, this is the body of Christ given for you. After supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. So it's very fascinating. He said, I'm willing to shed my blood for each of you. And sure, it brings about atonement and forgiveness and all the wonderful things that we talk about. But it institutes the new covenant, an entirely brand new relationship with the Lord. And that's what communion is all about, an entirely brand new relationship with the Lord. And we remember it every week. And what is that new relationship? I'm going to take the heart that's stone out of you and replace it with a heart of flesh. And how is he going to do that? By sending his spirit. And so communion is an act of the Trinity. It's a celebration of what uh, the Trinity has done for us. The Father sends the Son who sacrifices his life, sheds his blood, who sends the Spirit. And that's what communion reminds us of. We uh, here at DCC, we practice this uh, by coming forward. So you'll come forward and you'll receive communion. If you don't know where you are on this journey with Jesus, you're still trying to figure it out, come forward and watch. I've actually had people come up here and say, well, I'm not a Christian. I just want to see what happens. Come up here and stand next to me and watch. Uh, if you want us to pray for something in your family, I'll be here. We have people on either side that you can stop. And we'll, we love to pray. Lift up prayer requests. Praise God. Whatever you want to talk about. So that's how we do communion here. Um, it's a fun time. It may seem a little chaotic if you're not familiar with DCC. But that's part of community, isn't it? Community is a little messy. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So let me pray and invite you to come forward. Father, we are very grateful for your love for us. We are very grateful for sending your son. Jesus, we are grateful for your willingness to step out of heaven into our world, to associate with us, to not be ashamed of us, but to love us enough to, to climb up on the cross and sacrifice your life. Thank you for just pursuing each of us constantly. And Spirit, we are so grateful for your willingness to fill us, indwell us, baptize us, to teach us the ways of God. Thank you for that. We pray these things in Jesus' name because we believe in him. Amen. So let me invite you to come forward and receive communion. In Christ alone, my hope is found. My strength, my song, is cornerstone, is solid ground. Run through the pits of snow and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace, what fears of sin.
and worshiping with us today. We uh, are appreciative of you visitors from out of town. Thank you for taking the time to come with us. Um, we feel we have something special here, and you heard a taste of it today. And it's just a great way to close out 2014. Can we stop and just tell the Lord thank you for what he's done here? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> One more comment. This doesn't happen by accident. This happens because the Holy Spirit is present amongst us, and it happens because we choose to live lives of faith. We choose to live out what we believe to be true. And uh, I just want to say thank you at the end of the year for all of you here, just for your faithfulness in the many ways that day to day, hour by hour, moment by moment, in the grind of life, you choose to live out your faith. And uh, I'm proud to be a part of this church. So I just thank you. Uh, have a wonderful rest of the week and uh, go in peace.